Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. Here at No Limits, we are on a mission to make a difference in the lives of others. We want to help people know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. It's a journey, and we're all walking it together. So wherever you're listening from, we pray that you are encouraged and empowered by this week's message. Hey, well, welcome to No Limits Church. I'm so excited that you decided to join us today to be here in the room with us. COVID can't get us down. This is a good place to be. But for those of you joining online, I want to say hi to you too. It's great to hear the word, even if it's over the internet. But if you ever have a chance to join us here in person, I highly encourage you to do so. You won't regret it. I promise you that. But for those of you who don't know me, my name's Cade, and I'm the lead pastor here at No Limits alongside my wife, Beth. And here at No Limits, we are passionate about making a difference. We want to help people know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. So let's dive into part six of this series, which is pretty much about following Jesus, because that's actually the best way that I can help you know God, is to show you how to follow Jesus. Let me show you what I mean in our core scripture for this series. It says that Jesus replied, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. This is just one of many scriptures that reveals the fact that God is revealed through Jesus, right? If we want to get to know God, then what do we got to do? Get to know Jesus. And luckily, there's four entire books of the Bible dedicated to the life of Jesus. We call them the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And through this series, we're working through the book of John, and we are observing the way of Jesus. What we're finding out is the way of Jesus is different. It's real different, isn't it? So go ahead and look at somebody next to you and say, get ready for different. Yeah, yeah. Now, last week, we found out that to follow Jesus, we got to pursue, anybody remember? Partnership, right? Pursue partnership. God designed us to work together. We are the body of Christ, right? Anybody with me? We each have a specific function, and we're supposed to discover it, develop it, and then bring it all together to make one beautiful picture and work together. It's a beautiful thing, just like Ephesians 4.16 says, as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. You have a specific assignment in the body of Christ. Every person in this room has a specific assignment in the body of Christ. And when you engage in that assignment, you help everybody else grow. That's a good thing. We can't do this without you. We need you. And if you choose to take a back seat, this church will never accomplish what God intended for it to accomplish because it takes all of it, all of us. But if we all fully engage in our own special work and then we bring it all together, what's going to happen? Our church will accomplish infinitely more than we could ask or think. Now, just a few days ago, I met with somebody who watched our service last week online. She's in her 60s, and and she said to me, she said, for my whole life, I've known that I had a special assignment in the body of Christ. I just didn't know what it was. And then she began to explain how during the message last week, it was revealed to her in a vision. She had a vision of herself, and she was just orchestrating and organizing all these outreach activities going on here at church. And one, she brought me like this list of outreach ideas that she has, and one of which was uh, car maintenance for single moms and widows and the elderly. And I was smiling from ear to ear as she told me these things, and I had a hard time like keeping my mouth shut because I wanted to just let her finish talking because it's rude to interrupt, right? But I was just so excited about what she was saying because get this, I've been praying for a community outreach coordinator for years now. I need somebody to coordinate these outreaches, and that's exactly what she saw herself doing was exactly what we needed here at No Limits. But it gets even better. Just a few hours before my meeting with her, I'd had lunch with Carrie Sims. And guess what we were talking about? Just get, just a few hours before. 
We were talking about organizing a car maintenance outreach for single moms, <laughs> widows, and the elderly. Guys, I can't make this stuff up. Like, this is just incredible. It's like I'm sitting here watching God put this, this puzzle together. He's bringing all these pieces together here at No Limits Church to, so we can do what we've been called to do. And you know, the Holy Spirit has shown me every week what to teach and how to teach it from the book of John. And it's just been incredible to watch as it like activates your faith and just lights something up on the inside of you that's always been there. And you're like, ah, I see it. And now I'm going to do it. It's beautiful. It's not too late to step into your special work that God has. It's never too late. It's never too late. We, we stand here at the beginning of what I believe is going to be a third great awakening. Like we're just standing here at the starting line. So you see, God God didn't curse you by putting you here in 2021. Some people think that he did. He didn't curse you by putting you here. Now, he honored you by putting you here in 2021, which is going to be one of the most exciting times in history. So go ahead and look at somebody else and say, get ready for a good kind of different. All right, so we've been working through the book of John, and we ended last week in the middle of chapter 4, and we were talking about how Jesus partnered with the Samaritan woman to reveal the Messiah to an entire village. And you know, Jesus could have very well done, done this himself, but that's not how he works. He desires, his heart's desire is to partner with us to lead people to salvation. But before we move on, I want to point out that this is a partnership with Jesus. Yes, he gives you a specific assignment, but he doesn't leave you to do it on your own. It's not like he says, here's your assignment, now go do it. No, he walks along with you, just like Jesus did with this Samaritan woman. At first, like we saw in the video last week, she ran off, right? Because she was so excited, and she told her village about, you know, this testimony about what Jesus had done, and many believed because of her testimony, but get this, Jesus was right behind her, walked into the village, and here's what happened next. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed there for two days, and many more believed because of his own word. So Jesus and the Samaritan woman, they worked together to lead people to Jesus. And that's how we do it too, side by side with Jesus. Combined with the body of Christ, we step out and we make a difference. Now we're at six weeks into this series and the book of John is so jam-packed with meaning we're only in chapter four. This has taken a while, but it's been exciting already. And the question is, could it get even better? Yeah, it's about to get real good, isn't it? So, we're about to witness Jesus kick off a slew of healing miracles. And one after the other after the other, and I don't believe it's a coincidence that we've landed on this part of Jesus' story right now. I think the timing is perfect. We are standing at the starting line of a move of God, and I believe we're about to see a wave of healing unlike anything we've ever seen before. It's going to make the Azusa Street revival look like a warm-up. It's what God's about to do right now. And here we find ourselves studying the life of Jesus, and we've landed at the place where Jesus is about to kick off his, his healing ministry, and this whole series is about following Jesus, right? So we might as well just follow him over that starting line and kick off the healing ministry here at No Limits. So here we go. So after Jesus had stayed with the Samaritans for two days, he went back to Cana. Remember what happened at Cana, right? He turned water into wine. Yeah, that was a good story. And there he met a government official who begged Jesus to come heal his son. And keep in mind, Jesus has yet to perform a healing miracle at this point. It hasn't happened yet. However, these people in Cana, they knew about Jesus. You know how they knew about Jesus? Remember that story where he made a whip and he drove the people out of the temple and he turned over tables? That's what this guy knew about Jesus so far. And interestingly enough, you know, it says that this town welcomed Jesus because of that experience that they witnessed when he was thrown over tables and they welcomed him because of that. 
Like, wouldn't you think that that kind of behavior would have run people off? But somehow that behavior was drawing people to Jesus. But what moved, it, what moved this guy into thinking that Jesus could heal? That's my question. How did he know that Jesus, Jesus hasn't healed yet? This is his first healing miracle that we're about to witness. They'd yet to see him heal. They've only seen him turn over tables and do all that kind of stuff. But somehow this man was able to discern that Jesus was at the starting line of his healing ministry. He just knew by the Spirit. So this guy asked Jesus to heal his son. And in true Jesus fashion, Jesus responds in a way that we would not expect. You ready? What does Jesus say to this guy? Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. I mean, come on. That's how he responds to a man whose son is dying? That's just cruel. Jesus, that's cruel. Like, you should have said, oh, I'm so sorry (laughs) to hear about your son. Let me pray for him real quick, right? I hope by now you're seeing that the way modern Christianity paints this soft picture of Jesus is totally inaccurate. (laughs) We've kind of blown that to smithereens many times already. Trust me, he would not be a part of the woke culture of today. Actually, the woke people would be, uh, what would they be doing? They would be chastising him for hate speech, right? Jesus is so mean. I sure hope that nobody in here has drank the Woca-Cola. Don't drink it. It's toxic. It's worse for you than Coca-Cola. But before I make too many people upset by confronting this wave of new teaching called the woke that we should have nothing to do with because it has nothing to do with the Bible, has nothing to do with the word of God. Here's how this guy responds to Jesus. He says, an old one said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. I love how this guy was not offended by Jesus being insensitive. He wasn't offended. He wasn't looking for Jesus to be nice. He was looking for Jesus to be powerful. He was. He needed a healing miracle. And I think the American church should take a tip from this guy and stop looking for Jesus to be nice. We need to look for him to be powerful. We need Jesus to be powerful. We don't need to feel good about our sin. We need to be freed from our sin by the power of God. You know? We don't need just the symptoms to go away. We need him to come in and heal whatever the root cause is is of that sickness. We don't need a surface level healing. We need a deep healing. We don't need people to accept us. We need to be made righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ so that we'll be accepted by God. We need his power. We need his power. So this man wasn't looking for Jesus to be nice. He was looking for Jesus to be powerful. His son needed a miracle. And here's how Jesus responded. Jesus said to him, go your way. Your son lives. So the man believed the word. So I say believe the word. That Jesus spoke to him and he went his way. So this right here is the compassion of Jesus coming through. You know, he would rather us believe in him without seeing a miracle. But if a miracle is what it takes, he's going to give you a miracle. He's going to give you a miracle. So it seemed as if Jesus was upset with this man that he would ask for a miracle before believing in Jesus as the Messiah. And maybe he was, right? You will by no means believe unless you see a miracle. It seemed like Jesus was upset, but it didn't stop him from doing what the man had asked him to do. And another thing to notice here is that the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him. He didn't yet believe in Jesus as the Messiah, and you're going to find that out here in a minute, but he believed that his son could be healed by the word of Jesus. Some of us who have been in church for decades don't even believe the words that Jesus says. We believe the pastor that said healing went away with the disciples. We believe the doctor that says the disease is incurable, but we don't believe the words of Jesus. But hear me on this. 
Receiving miracles is as simple as believing the words of Jesus. If you need a healing miracle in your life, Jesus is not withholding. He's not withholding. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to deserve it. You don't even have to believe in Jesus as your Savior. He will heal you regardless. So this government official that we're talking about right now did not yet believe in Jesus as the Messiah, but he did believe that Jesus could heal. And look at what happened. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Your son lives. Then he inquired of them the hour when he got better, and they said to him, Yesterday, at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was the same hour in which Jesus said to him, Your son lives. This right here, this miracle is the kickoff into the miracles of Jesus. This is the first one ever recorded. And he wasn't even physically there to heal the boy. He healed the boy with his words. Somebody let that sink in. This blows to smithereens the idea that healing miracles went away with Jesus. He doesn't have to be here in the flesh for us to receive healing. He didn't even have to be there physically for them to receive healing then. He healed them through his word, and he can still heal you through his word. Let me say it again. Receiving miracles is as simple as believing the words of Jesus. Somebody's getting this. Like all that wrong thinking is just being washed away right now. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm starting to get this. I understand. You're about to receive your healing miracle that's been there all along. But healing wasn't the only miracle that happened to this government official. Look at what happened next. It's beautiful. He himself believed in his whole, and his whole household. What that means is his whole family got saved. And now they're going to spend eternity with each other in heaven. And that's why Jesus heals. That's why he heals. Yes, he wants you well. But more than that, he wants you to believe in him so that you can be saved from eternity in hell. This reminds me of another amazing healing miracle of Jesus. I'm going to ask the guys in the back to go ahead and switch that screen around. I want you to see this one for yourself. Jesus of Nazareth! I saw what you did to the leper on the road this morning. My friend has been paralyzed since childhood. He has no hope but you. Please, do for him what you did for the leper. That's a rope! Put it back, man! If you are willing, Rabbi, I know you can do this. your tablet at least. Harry! Is he in danger? I don't know. No, I don't think so. He's got whom in there? Yes. Can you believe we're really here for this? Yes. Down. Down. 
whose authority do you teach? Answer me. If you are willing, Rabbi, you know you can't. Hey, I'm talking to you. By whom do you teach? Certainly not the authority of any rabbi from Nazareth. Where did you study? Your faith is beautiful. Son, take heart. Your sins are forgiven. Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Right. But I ask you, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or rise up and walk? It's easy to say anything, no? But to show you and so that you may know that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. I say to you, my son, rise. Pick up your bed and go home. Wasn't that beautiful? Yeah. Now, did you guys notice how, once again, the priority of Jesus was to forgive this man's sins so that he could spend eternity in heaven with him? That's why Jesus heals. Yes, he wants you well, but more than that, he wants you to believe in him so that you can be saved from eternity in hell. And there's at least nine other healing miracles recorded in the Gospels in Matthew, Mark, and Luke before the next one that's mentioned in the book of John. So you can go read those sometimes because they're all great. And they weren't all individual miracles either because there were times when Jesus healed everybody (laughs) who was there. Like you find in Matthew 8, verse 16, it says, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word. Notice the theme there? With a word. (laughs) And healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled that which is spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. 
There's so many people that believe in healing, but they don't believe that he wants to heal everyone every time. But the truth is, Jesus wants to heal all who are sick. Not some, not every now and then, but everyone, every time. And the only thing that gets in the way is ourselves. We spend a lot of energy blaming it on God. I can't believe he let him die. I can't believe he let him get sick. It's not God's will for anybody to be sick. It's God's will for everybody to be well. But God doesn't force his will on anyone. He gave you free will. You get to decide what goes on in your life. And the next story in the book of John illustrates this really well. There was a pool in Jerusalem called Bethesda. And an angel of the Lord would come down on occasion and stir up the water. And whoever got in the water first would be healed. So as you can imagine, there was a crowd of sick people around this pool all the time. Paralyzed, lame, blind, and they just sat there and they waited for the water to stir and then raced to the pool to see who could be the first one in. And to give you an idea of the kind of people that were hanging around this pool, the Bible points out one man in particular. In John 5, verse 5, it says one of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. This guy had been sick longer than I've been alive. And there he was, sitting by the pool, hoping that he would be the next person to be made well. And when Jesus saw him, and he knew that he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? That was a rhetorical question, if I've ever heard one. Of course he wanted to be well. Why else would he be at this pool, right? If he didn't want to be well, he'd be at home. But no, he's at the pool. He wanted to be well. Anybody who's sick wants to be well. But we come up with all kinds of excuses as to why we should stay sick, just like this man did. He said, I can't, sir, for I have no one to put me into the pool. When the water bubbles up, someone else always gets there ahead of me. In today's language, I want somebody else to believe for me. Can't you send the pastor over so I can piggyback off of his faith? The doctor said it's incurable, so I have no choice but to live my life managing this sickness. I can't help but believe WebMD more than I believe the Word of God. I mean, isn't science, medical science, the end-all, be-all? I mean, the intellectuals, they'll make fun of me if I choose to believe the Word of God more than I believe medical science. Excuses, excuses, excuses. Jesus knew that this man wanted to be healed, but excuses were keeping him sick. I need somebody else to do it for me. So what does Jesus do? He says, tough, right? No, he doesn't say that. He gives him another chance. And Jesus says, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Really, this man had a choice right here. Jesus gave him a command, but he had a choice. You can lay there and you can stay sick, or you can believe the word that Jesus just told you, put faith to it, activate it, and get up and walk. If this man would have not believed what Jesus said and he just lay there, he would have stayed sick and probably for the rest of his life. But when the word of the Lord comes to you and you believe it and then you act on it, here's what happens. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. Praise God. This is his will for every person. He wants to heal every person every time. There's no sickness that's too great. There's no disease that's incurable. And there's no cause of sickness that keeps God from healing you. Even if you cause the sickness yourself, God still wants to heal you. And I heard a story the other day about a man who was at the Azusa Street Revival back in the early 1900s. Have you guys ever heard of the Azusa Street Revival? If you haven't, go YouTube it, because it's pretty cool. But half of his face had been eaten away with cancer. Why? Because he had a cigar hanging out of his mouth most of his life. 
So he went to a service during this multi-year revival. He heard the word of the Lord about healing, and he believed. And guess what happened to him? Right there, instantly, the flesh grew back on his face. His mouth had been black with cancer, and it turned back pink like it's supposed to be. All the teeth that he had lost from the cancer were restored. He was completely made whole. That's the kind of stuff that went on at the Azusa Street revival. This guy was completely healed from something that he was responsible for. That's an excuse that a lot of us use. I caused this so God won't heal me. He will, because he wants to heal every person, every time. And remember this, receiving miracles is as simple as believing the words of Jesus. So we just witnessed the kickoff to the many healing miracles that Jesus performed, one after the other after the other. And like I said at the beginning of this message, the timing of this is perfect. It's time. It's time for us to kick off the healing ministry that Jesus has for No Limits Church. I've sensed this coming for years. Well, we're not waiting anymore. Now's the time. Thank you so much for joining us. And a special thanks to those that give in to our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type nolimits.fyi into the address bar. And if you were encouraged by this podcast, then hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.